Come on, one more time. Just put your hands together. We bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Welcome to Church on the North Coast. Greet somebody today. Find somebody you don't know. If this is your first time with us at Church on the North Coast, I know I met so many people that this is your first time. We welcome you here today. Welcome to Church on the North Coast. We're so glad you are with us today. Welcome all across Northeast Ohio, all across America today. We welcome you in our services if you're watching online. Hey, I have to tell you, they shut my, my Facebook down. Evidently, they don't like that much Jesus, that much freedom. Uh, they don't like that, so they just shut it down without e e an explanation. So if you get a new friend request from me, uh, that I'm trying to rebuild that. But I, I need a good attorney. Any, any attorney? I'm not kidding. I need a good attorney. My First Amendment was violated, and, and I don't, I'm not just going to sit back and let them. I had friends from high school, and I've lost them all. And, and, uh, so, so if you get a friend's request... That, it's really me. It's really me. It's, it's, honestly, it's me. So, uh, Welcome to Church on the North Coast, and I'm so glad you're here today. We have the season uh, of Christmas is upon us, and we're preparing. Turn your attention to the screens this morning. What's up, CNC? It is the Christmas season, and you will be noticing our Joshua Kids giving trees in each of our campuses' foyer. So what you need to do is go out to the foyer, grab a tag off of the tree. You'll see listed the ages and the gender, boy or girl, and you'll see the age. So what you'll do is you'll take a tag, buy an age-appropriate gift. You will then wrap the present, tape this to the box so we know who it's for, and then you'll return the gift to CNC by December 10th. The gifts will be given out to our Joshua Kids program, as well as families in our ministry that have needs for Christmas presents. So this is an amazing opportunity for you to bless somebody this Christmas. Amen. Amen. So if you could help us uh, for our Joshua Kids, uh, buy some gifts for them. That would be amazing. We'll be, we'll be doing that through uh, all the way up to Christmas. I need, I need about five strong men. We'll forgive you that you're a Pittsburgh fan today, but we need you today, okay? Uh, so if you could, I, I want you to, I, w I really want you to, to feel this, this sermon today. It's amazing. Our staff is amazing. I'll say things like, you know, I need three quarts of oil for a sermon illustration. And if you could, an engine. I need an engine. And an engine shows up miraculously. So... Uh, so here's the engine, guys. If you could put it right here. Uh, Sammy, I need your help. Sammy, where's Sammy? Sammy? Sam, where are you? Sam? Uh, okay, Sam. Oh, Sam, help them so, they, so we don't break bones or anything, okay? Uh, yeah, I don't know what this came out of. It might have came out of your car out there. <laughs> guys, be careful. All right, don't drop an engine on your head. That would hurt. Awesome. They did it. They did it, Sam. They did it. Can I turn it, maybe? Um, and I hear it leaks a little oil, so let's, that's good. That's perfect, yeah. Leaks a little oil. Um, yeah. So we'll get to the engine here in a minute. Thank you, uh, Louis Rios, if you're here. Thank you for letting me borrow an engine today. Appreciate that. Um, we need to receive this morning's tithe and offering. Are you prepared to give? Amen. Uh, I, I always... I always encourage our congregation to live by seed and never by a need. So if you live your life 
by seed, you will never be faced with a need that you can't overcome. And that's a biblical principle, and I would encourage you in the lateness of the hour of time that we're in to live by biblical principles, to, to, to know the, the Bible, to begin to discover the Bible and its truths for your life and your, your family more than you ever have. In, we're at the end of the end, church. We're at the end of the end of, of what we know to be time. And so I would be remiss if I told you to, uh, uh, to put your trust in the, the, the money. <laughs> money. Money. Money is weak right now. I hope you can feel and sense that uh, money is, is not trustworthy. But God is faithful. And so I want to encourage you to put your trust and hope in the Lord. Uh, to start somewhere in your faith. i got a, a few front row seats here available. Please fill them as well as those over there. Um, I want to encourage you in the lateness of this hour to do that. To put your trust in, in Christ. To live by seed and never by need. So what I mean is you can, you can predict a harvest by what you sow. You can predict it. It's, it you, if you put, how many do a garden in your home? You do a garden in your home? What you're doing is you're living by seed when you do that. It's the same principle. That principle is spiritual and it applies to every aspect of your life. I want to encourage you to live your life by the seed. The seed is the word of God. It's not a dollar. It's the word. It's not a nickel. It's not a dime. The seed is the word of God. Live your life by every word from God for your life. The seeds you sow today monetarily should be attached to a word from God. You see what I'm saying? I would, if I were you, I would never put money in a, in a bag without first attaching to it a word from God that says, I believe that as I sow this as a seed, that the word of the Lord spoken to me will come, heaven will be revealed through the word of God in the earth. That's what you're looking to do. Jesus said, my kingdom come, my will be done where? On earth. God, Jesus is looking to infiltrate the earth with, with heaven. And so the way we do this is by putting faith in a seed. You, you, put, you sow that seed in, in the early spring. You do it. You put faith in a seed. And so I want to encourage you to put faith in the seed. The seed is the word of God. Put your faith in the word of the living God. Amen. Hold it up before the Lord today as we command the blessing of heaven and the manifestation of heaven to come upon it. Bless every gift and every giver. Online today in this room, we rebuke the devourer over our children and our children's children. We declare the windows of heaven open. That means, God, we, we expect heaven to come alive. You know, God, we believe that, that as we believe in faith, we can materialize heaven, what the earth can't. The earth can't provide peace, but you can. The earth can't provide joy, but Jesus, you can. The earth cannot provide for us, God, but you can. We sow this seed recognizing the source that opens up every resource in the earth. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, for a mighty harvest as we sow this seed today in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Take your Bible. Go with me today as we... Uh, I need those quarts of oil. Uh, there they are. Uh, take your Bible. Go with me today to Matthew 25.
Matthew 25. It's a, a passage of Scripture that I can't seem to shake off of me. Uh, 25 verse 6, if you could, is where we'll start. I don't know that I'll finish this sermon today. I don't even think I'm going to try to finish. Uh, so right around 11, I don't know when Jesus is done, we'll, I'll be done, all right? So I, I'll say something and then I, you, you, I won't listen to it. I'll just do whatever Jesus tells me to. But verse 6, it says, at midnight a cry was heard, behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Go out to meet him. And all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, you know this, right? I know. Don't, don't, don't allow your, your previous knowledge of this to, to like interfere with what God wants to say to you right now, okay? And the foolish said to the wise, give us. What did the foolish say to the wise? Give us some of your oil. Give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. It, did, it, it didn't say that they didn't have some oil. It said that they didn't have enough oil. So it said, give us some of your oil. Afterward, the other virgins, no, but, but, but the wise answered saying, no, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. You should write down, it's time for me to purchase some oil. It's time to buy oil. You got to buy some oil. You got to buy some oil. Go buy for yourself. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was, it was shut. Afterward, the other virgins, they came, saying, Lord, Lord, open the door to us. But Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you, now hear, hear what he said, I don't know you. I do not know you. There are two, two churches represented here. One church was ready, prepared, and the other wasn't. There was a wise church, and there was a church that's represented here. So, so anytime you see this, uh, women in the Bible, ask yourself, what's God saying to the church? It's his bride. What's God saying to his bride? And so there are two churches. And the first church, based on what we just read, we can discern and, and extrapolate from the text that that first church knew him. They knew him. Because what he says to the second church, who had little oil, he said to the second church, I don't know you. I don't recognize your voice. I'm not familiar with your name. I don't know you. Another thing that's staggering to me as I... As I consider what this text is saying is that the church that was ready, you see, the church that has oil communicates 
their value system. What's evident in a person who carries the anointing of God upon their life is what they value. The the wise church valued the presence of Jesus and because they valued the presence of Jesus, they knew Him and their lamps had oil. They had oil. So, So you don't have to tell the anointed of God to get ready. Because the anointed of God, they stay ready. They're ready, man. I, I, there are some people when I need prayer, I can call them and know it doesn't matter what time it is, how early it is. If I call Dr. Cynthia and I say, I need, I need this and I need that, I know that she is ready in season and she's ready out of season. Anybody, everybody stays ready in season. When it's game time, you know, when you got games, you know, the NBA plays, like, I forget, I don't watch it anymore as much as I used to because the Cavs are sorry. Well, no, they're getting pretty good. But anyhow, I used to watch it a lot. So it's easy to stay ready when you're in season. You're playing a lot, so you're ready. But in the off season, are you ready? When it's not Sunday, are you ready? When it's not Wednesday night, are you ready? You don't have to tell the anointed, those who carry the oil, amen, you better get ready. Because they, they have already met with Jesus that day. They, saw, they had breakfast, breakfast with them. They had a conversation with them about their family, their marriage, their children. They've already talked to Jesus, and therefore they have oil. What's staggering also is the presumption. You got to read the Bible, and then you got to go back and you got to read the Bible. What's staggering is the presumption that just because my grandma has it, I have it. What's evident in the text is the oil is non-transferable. You can't have mine. You can, I can't have yours. Right, preacher? I, I can't have yours. That belongs to you. You got to, what they say, you better go get, you better run down the road, catch Jesus before he leaves, and get you some oil. If you don't have no oil, son, daughter, you better go get some because you can't have mine. I don't care how much oil I put on you up here. My anointing is not transferable to you. My kids can't have it. We know this is true because if you go in the Old Testament and you search for Aaron's sons, you will see that just because they were his sons did not mean that they inherited the oil from their father. The opposite is true. They despise the anointing, therefore God killed them. So there is this there is this truth that is presented here that's saying like it's time church it's time to buy the oil. You better hear me. It's time to buy the oil. It's time to forsake everything else. 
And we must have Jesus. I don't, I need Jesus. I don't, I need oil, man. I'm so tired of preaching without oil. I'm so tired of songs without oil. I'm so tired of compromised oil, polluted oil. I'm tired of cheap oil. I'm tired of fake oil. I'm tired of playing the game called church. You say, you say, well, no, no, stop it, stop it, preacher. Don't, don't say that. Listen, listen, if the oil was real, if the oil was strong, then I tell you what, the lame would walk, the deaf would hear, the blind would see, the dead would be raised to life, the great exploits that are talked about in the Bible would be upon God's people, but the reason it's not. And I'm just being honest because I can't play church no more. I just can't do it no more. I, I, I can't come up here and talk about a cute sermon with three points, and, and I just can't do it. I'm so tired of it. I'm tired of cameras. I'm tired of smoke. I'm tired of uh, lights. I'm, I'm tired. I'm just I'm tired of props. I'm tired of it all. I'm just tired of it. All I want is His presence. You see, I keep, I keep pounding away. I keep pounding away, and I say, man, look, you don't want me to preach. You want Jesus to preach. You want Jesus to come into the room more than you want anything. Thing, man, you but you got to have the oil of God. You need Him. You don't need a, a good song. You don't need talent. You don't need intelligence. What you need is Him. You need Him, man. You need Him. So we, so we got to look, man. We, we got to, we got to tarry until He comes. We got to stay until he says, preacher, I'm done. You got to keep going until he shows up, until his glory, until the train of his robe fills the temple so much that it begins to suffocate the words of man and releases the word of God. It got, it got to knock us down when he comes into a room. And you say, you say, you say that's not possible. I said, yeah, it is. Because look at before Jesus came, how possible it was. Abraham goes to God and he's pleading for, for Sodom. He's pleading for a nation that's turned its back and betrayed God, that's committed harlotry and idolatry and, 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 and just a, a partaking in the abominations of murdering the unborn and, and cursing the, the, the Jewish lineage even. We see it today. And he goes before God and he says, God, if I find 50 people, would you, would you redeem Sodom? He said, yeah, I'll do it for 50. He couldn't find 50, came back, bargained with God. God, if I found 40, would you pardon Sodom? Would you forgive America? If I could just find 30, God, would you forgive America? Yes, Troy, I'll do it for 30. Oh, God, I couldn't find 30 faithful, beloved of God. I couldn't find a church with oil in the number of 30. But what if I found 20, God? What if I found 20 of them that had the oil of God, that knew what you had for breakfast, that walks with you, that talks with you, that calls you his own? What if I found 20? Would you pardon them for 20? Yes, Troy, I pardoned them for 20. I couldn't find 20, God, but I think I could find 10. If I could just find 10 people that would sell out for God, then I would, then God said, I will pardon. 
God said, I'll pour up my flesh. I'll pour up my spirit on all flesh. I just need you to find ten. Just ten. And Jesus took twelve. And he changed the world. And if Abraham went to God without Jesus and we go to God with Jesus, won't he be faithful? If we can just bring a remnant, if we can just raise up a remnant that will take, that will lay everything in their life aside for the precious oil of God, for the precious presence of God, for him I will forsake all. If none go with me still, I will follow God. I will come hard after you. I don't care. I'm not here for likes. I'm not here for, for your affirmation. I'm here to be anointed for God. And the anointing will break the yoke. It'll destroy the burden. It'll destroy the yoke. And lift the burden we're busy looking for people to like us we best get busy about the oil of God we best get busy forget about if they like you go get you some oil the oil of God will unlock things in your life the oil of God on your life will cast down every every enemy that comes against you you need the oil you need the oil fathers you need the oil mothers you need the oil you need oil You don't need cute sermons. You don't need any more rest and relaxation and comfort. You don't need any more TV. You don't need any more internet. What you need is the presence of the Most High God because our children are under attack right now. The spirit of perversion sweeping through the land, spirit of murder and genocide still alive in the earth, gaining traction while the church decides whether or not The presence of Jesus is important enough to turn pornography off while the church decides whether or not the presence of Jesus is more important than our selfish ambitions, our egos, and our pride, and sacrificing the oil of God. So you need Jesus. You need Jesus. No, you need Jesus. Troy, you need Jesus. You got to look in the mirror. Troy, you need Jesus. You better go get Jesus. I used to have this, this old, I forget what year it was, it was Suzuki Samurai. Back in 1992, it was a Suzuki Samurai. Had them big wheels on it, big music in the back, and it would jingle because of the the music was. I don't know, it shook stuff loose, and so I'd be coming down the road and, gee, I won't tell you what I was playing, but you know, I had a lot of bass. You know what I'm saying? And I'd be rolling down the road, and man. And every once in a while, that thing would just cut out on me. I remember one night I was down there off a of globe and uh, near 28th Street in the middle of the night. You know what I'm saying? I was, I, I was down there in the deep part of Lorraine. You know what I'm saying? There, and it broke down. I was down there at that gas station, and it broke down. And, you know, I had to crawl up under it and, 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 and smack the, the, the starter with a hammer every once in a while. Y- young people don't know what that means, but you... Uh, I, had, I don't know what it did. They just said, man, if you smack that hand, you smack that starter, it'll do something. So, but that wasn't working that night. And so I treated that Suzuki Samurai like trash. 
I didn't really take care of it because I didn't value it that much. And, uh, and I didn't care what oil I put in it either. I don't even think I checked the oil. You know what I mean? I didn't check it. You, you didn't check it because you didn't, you didn't value it that much. You just was like, eh. You know, as long as it starts up, gets me where I'm going. I put, you know, back in the day, we could drive around all night for a couple dollars. We should turn everything off and go back to driving all night for, well, we'd take us like $10 to drive like an hour. But, but I didn't care what oil I put in it. But, the, but, but that car came with the manufacturer's, uh, there was a book that came with it. And according to that book, there was a, a certain type of oil that you had to put in the engine in order for it to operate according, so it wouldn't lose power. So that way it wouldn't, the engine would, would run and wouldn't like get all burned up. You had to put a certain weight of oil in it. And if, if, you, if you put, see, if you put cheap oil in it, it won't run right. If you put contaminated oil in it, you run the risk of locking it up. It, and if you, if you put some, some oil in it, some engines, I know you won't believe this, but some engines, you cannot run synthetic oil through them. Now, for those of you who don't know, synthetic oil is like, they made that in a lab somewhere. That didn't come out of the earth. God didn't give us that oil. A scientist made that oil, and they call it, so it's man-made. Some engines, you can't put what man made in some engines. It requires, uh, it requires authentic, genuine oil, real oil in it. You see, you and I are just like this engine. We're just like this engine. I want you to know today that just like this engine, you require oil. And, and manufacturer specs say that you have to, if you don't run your engine, your life, with a certain amount of oil, you run the risk of damage to your life. And you require oil. I'm going to give you scripture in a minute, but just hear me. You cannot, you cannot put in, now see, I didn't care about the Suzuki Samurai engine. But later, when I, started, when I got a job, a real job, and I had to pay for that car, I, I'll tell you what I did. I went and got the best oil. I, that car, you, you, I paid $30,000 for it, but you'd have thought I paid a million the way I treated it because I, I understood the value. So I, put, I didn't put cheap oil in it. I put costly oil in it. When I would go to the store, I would look, but I wouldn't look at the cheapest. No, now look, next time you go put some oil in your car, don't go getting that Ben and Jerry's, I, I, you know, oil. That cheap oil. You're just like, oh, let me see, let me see. You don't look at the oil, look at the price. You go, that's, that's it right there. So give me some of that cheap oil. Put some cheap oil. A lot of us live our lives like that. Just give me, just give me something to get me by. Just give me something to give me by. Put cheap oil in it. So, so we, need, we don't need cheap Jesus. 
I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want cheap Jesus. You need expensive Jesus. You can't put in, in your engine fake, synthetic, man-made. I don't care what the world does. I don't care how the world does it. You can't, that don't belong in you. I, that man-made stuff, that stuff they say out there, that stuff, you, ain't, you were created different. So you can't put fake oil in you. And you can't put polluted oil in you either. You, there can't be any... It has to be pure oil from the manufacturer. It has to be that Harley-Davidson engine oil. You wouldn't catch me putting Yamaha oil in my Harley-Davidson. You wouldn't catch me putting no generic oil in my Harley-Davidson. Nope, I go right to Harley-Davidson. And Harley-Davidson oil is anything, nothing cheap at Harley-Davidson. So let me show you something. John 12, verse 3, I want you to to see this. Mary took a pound, what is it? Very costly oil. And she, she anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped His feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of oil. If you go down to Luke 7, you'll see Jesus having a discussion with a bunch of religious folks. And he says, look what he says, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman, this church, has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to her, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Let me ask you something. Look at me. What'd you pay for the oil? What'd you pay for? What'd you pay for? If you didn't pay much for it, stop expecting it to do much. If you wasn't willing to sacrifice anything for him, stop asking him to give you everything. The oil is proportionate to your relationship with him. The richness The cost of your oil will determine what your oil can produce in the earth. And my question is, would you pay for yours? Would you pay for it? If if you pray, if you pray, I can tell. You know, you can tell what you paid. You can hear somebody pray, and you can tell what they paid for for the anointing on their life. So look, don't get it, don't get, listen, you can go to heaven. You can go straight to heaven right now. You got a ticket to heaven. You call upon the name of the Lord. You got, you got a ticket to heaven. But if you want the anointing on your life, if you want the presence of God on your life, it does not come cheap. It's not cheap. We cannot cheapen. You know, you know when, when you realize the price that was paid 
for you? When you realize that your sin was paid for by his blood, when you, when you consider the price of your sin and my sin, my sins were so costly that when it was pardoned, I, I'm speechless to communicate the value that was placed on my life because I was a sinner. I did not deserve it. I, was, I, was, I did not deserve it, but Jesus came and he saw him. He said, no, Troy, you are worth it, so I will pay the price for you. But you know what has happened today? We minimize our sin in the sight of God. And we defend our sin in the sight of God. And he who minimizes his sin in the sight of God. And he who, who devalues, whenever we do this, whenever we minimize, whenever we say, well, my, it wasn't that big a deal. You know, I'm not that bad a person. No, look, I am that bad a person. But whenever we minimize sin in our life, we minimize his presence on our life. Because he said to Mary, Oh, you, you see the value. You know, the, you know that you have been forgiven. And because you know that you have been forgiven, the oil that you, that you break open in the room, it fills the room because you realize the cost that, that was paid for your sin, because you see it, because you understand you're unwilling to sacrifice, you're unwilling to, to bend, you said, no, I, I realize it was my sin that he died for. Yes. Cheap oil is the result of an unwillingness to acknowledge the cost that was paid for our sin. And cheap oil will produce cheap results. If His presence is not your highest priority, your oil is compromised. We live in a time where we cannot compromise oil any longer. Expensive oil comes from a proper perspective of sin. I don't want you to be fooled today, church. I don't want you to be fooled today into believing that the murder of the unborn is a civil right. I don't want you to rationalize today with the ways of the world, and I don't want you to begin to diagnose your sin as sickness today. No, your sin is evil in the sight of God, and it is costly when he paid for it. It cost him his life. Sin will take everything from you. The wages of sin is death. And if, when you begin to understand and comprehend that your sin and my, my sin, Detroit, Detroit, look, I'll talk to me so you, so you don't feel offended. Troy, your sin, your sin will produce death. So you shouldn't minimize it, Troy. You shouldn't rationalize it, Troy. You shouldn't whitewash it, Troy. You shouldn't make it somebody else's fault, Troy. You should, you should take it to the cross where there is the only, there's only one remedy for your sin, Troy. And that is Jesus Christ of Nazareth who hung on a cruel cross so you and I can be saved. You must take it to the cross, Troy. So when I ask you what you paid for it, I'm asking you, what are you willing to sacrifice 
to make sure that your oil is costly. To make sure that your oil, when you break open your life, that it fills the room with an aroma that sends conviction through the entire room. When you walk into a room, those who are anointed don't have to say much. Your life is a testimony for the purity. Your life is a testimony as to how you walk for God. What'd you pay for it? Were you willing to, were you willing to, to, were you willing to tell your flesh no? Or, in the, or, or by pride, did you defend your sin? By ego, do you defend it? We live in a generation today that defends it, pridefully defends it. They wave flags in the air and defend sin. They rationalize it. They diagnose it as a medical condition. But sin is the plague of humanity. Unless it's repented of, unless it's taken to Jesus, it will kill, it will destroy, it will steal more than you have. It will take from your children's children until it's repented of. In a life, oil, those who carry the oil understand the cost. And I ask you today, what are you willing to pay? Will you turn it off? Will you stop saying it? Will you quit gossiping? Huh? Will you renew your mind? What are you willing to pay to get the oil like Mary had? What are you willing to give up? The Bible is clear. It's very clear. He who saves his life will lose it. But he who gives his life away will save it. The Bible is clear. Count the cost today. What are you willing to pay? What are you willing to give up? Are you willing to lay down your selfish desires for God? Are you willing to walk away from the temptations of the enemy so that way your oil can have an effect? If you paid little for it, if you didn't pay much, if you didn't read your Bible, Come on, I know, Troy, you didn't read your Bible. Once again, I talk to me, okay? Just, I'm indicting me, not you. Troy, if, if you don't go to the source of oil, Troy, if you're not willing to turn it off, Troy, if you're not willing to deny your flesh, Troy, if you're not willing, if you're not willing, stop asking me, Troy, to raise the dead. Troy, you don't have a right to come to me because I don't know you well enough to give you those types of liberties. It is clear in the text that those who knew him carried the oil. And those who didn't had no oil. And they always ask me, Where's the signs and wonders, preacher? Where's the signs? I know you hear it too. Where's those signs and wonders that Jesus said belong to the church? God, I don't think the church is ready yet. I don't think we're ready yet to stand alone for you. I think we're hiding. I think many of us are are still in the closet a little bit with our faith, God. I don't think we're ready to be ridiculed and ostracized and persecuted for you yet, God. I don't think we're ready yet. We need oil. Church, I'm telling you, we need oil because 
Because Willie's sick. Huh? Who in your family's sick? Raise your hand if you got somebody in your family sick. Now tell me, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to give up so they can be healed? You like to believe that the gospel is cheap, but I tell you, that's a lie. When Jesus calls you, I won't lie to you, church. When Jesus calls you, He's not asking for half of you. He wants all of you. And He will not relent until He gets all. He won't quit. He wants all. So tell me what you're willing to sacrifice. Heaven is free to go there. But to bring it here, it will cost. It will cost. The anointing is not cheap. You will have to stand and say no when everybody stands and says yes. You, your own family will be separated from you. They will hate you and they will despise you for standing strong for Christ. You will be rejected. You will not be liked by this world. We must, we must resist this temptation to, be, to, to, to want to be liked by everybody. I'm here to tell you today that is not the gospel of Jesus. I'm here to tell you today that there were 12 disciples and all of them were martyred. All of them had to lay down their life for Jesus. And if we think we are different, we deceive ourselves. For Christ demands all. Psalm 51, 17 says, The sacrifice of God, I think I'm just going to stop right here. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit. And a contrite heart. A broken spirit and a contrite heart. Just pray this prayer with me. Come on, lift your hands up all over the room. Say this, Jesus, give me a spirit and a heart that is broken by sin rather than proud. In Jesus' name, I want you to know that sin is a thief today. That sin is a thief. And it will steal from you it will take from you. It's a generational thief too. It runs through the bloodlines of our, of our mothers and fathers. And if we're not careful, if we don't cancel it today by giving all of our heart to Christ, it will continue to come to our children. So today we must repent of pride of sin and we can be restored. One more. Psalm 133. I want you to see this. Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. 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 Yeah. Yeah, it's like what? What's it like? It's like precious oil. It's like precious oil. It's like precious oil. 
It's like oil. Unity is like oil. And it comes upon the head. Runs down the beard. Come on, follow me. It runs down to the edge of his garment. And it's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, where is there? Where the anointing is. Wherever the anointing is. Wherever the oil of God is. Wherever He sees the anointing that's, that came. So, so, so today, we must know that, that the anointing of God comes wherever there is unity. Wherever there's unity, there's oil. And wherever God sees oil, He, he can't help but to command blessing. That's why we anointed our children. Because we want them to know that where the oil is applied, the, the blessing is commanded. So when heaven looks upon your life and sees the oil, the oil then commands the blessing. It's tangible. It's like here. It's yours. It's like you hold it. You hold the blessing. You hold the blessing. It's tangible. The blessing is tangible upon your life. And you just need to know that. Go back and read your Bible. The whole Old Testament, a lot of the Old Testament is about the blessing of God. All of, like the whole story of Jacob is about the blessing of God. The whole story of Jacob is about the blessing of God. All of it. And where he sees the oil, he commands the blessing. But the oil, but there's something here that brings the oil that we have to talk about in the church. And that is unity. You see, then therefore, we can't have, if we have disunity, if we have unforgiveness among us, <laughs> if there is contempt or hatred in our hearts, toward one another, then we have no right to ask God to give us oil. So unforgiveness then pollutes the oil of God in the earth. It creates disharmony and division in the earth. You see, that's why we can't stop fighting with one another. You want to know why there's family contention? Because the enemy knows if he can just keep us divided, the church, if he could just keep us angry at one another, offended with one another, if he can create discord towards one another, if he can cause us to walk around and harbor years of contempt, boiling resentment towards one another. I can't believe they did that to me. I can't believe. And we hold that in our heart. And you say, no, I forgave him. But you say, no, I can't believe they did that and said that. And you hold that in your heart for years and years and years and years. But yet you want a public display of his anointing. You want a private offense to be held in your heart. 
part. But you say, God, give me a public anointing. No, I want you to know today that the, that the pulpits across America are empty of the anointing because, they, because in private there is an offense. In private there is this, there is this unforgiveness that, not, that has not been dealt with in the churches of the living God. And I'm not talking about outside. I'm not talking about family members that know, don't know Jesus. I'm talking about your family members that, that say, I've, I've, I've met him. I, I've given my life to him. If you've given your life to him, but you're walking in unforgiveness, your oil is polluted. And polluted oil can't produce the results of heaven in the earth. In order for the oil to work the way it was meant to work, it must be pure. So we're going to have to deal with our unforgiveness. We've got to stop acting like we can talk about each other any old way we want from the toe to the head every part of the body must be honored it doesn't just because the head is the head doesn't mean it gets more honor than the pinky toe you hit your pinky toe in the middle of the night on the edge of the bed and tell me if that pinky toe does not matter that pinky toe matters man I, something happened to my left foot. I used to take it for granted. Now I don't. I'm like, left foot, I need you to act right now. Come on, we got to go places now. Suddenly I began to honor a part of my body that I used to not honor. That I thought I didn't recognize it before, but when it started hurting, I started giving it the attention that it, that it demanded. Now I'm telling you today that if one part of the body is hurt, we got to give it the attention that it demands. We can't ignore it. We can't shrug it off. We got to know that our oil is polluted if we don't give the attention and honor. There's, there's flies in the ointment. There's flies in the ointment. Whenever there's a fly in the ointment, it putrefies and it stinks. In polluted oil, we have to forgive. We can't expect the anointing of God to come upon our worship if we harbor within our hearts, secret, secrets of hatred and offense. So we need, we need to repent. We can't have secret resentment and, and then expect public anointing. You, 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 some of us, now listen, I, I want you to know, I... I, I it's, gonna, it's not going to be easy to forgive. And I want you to know, like, forgiveness is a process, but you can't ignore that process. If you just acknowledge the process, if you just say, God, help me. Help me forgive them. I, I will say it with my mouth. I recognize. I want you to know this. You don't forgive them for them. You forgive them for you. Because it's your oil 
Remember, it's your oil that you're trying to get the contaminants out of. So I don't offer forgiveness for them. It's probably going to help them. But I want you to know, you need to offer forgiveness, even without an apology, for you. Because your heart is polluted. Your oil is what's polluted. You don't even know. They could have already forgiven you, but you walking around allowing your anointing to affect your family. It's your prayers that are being hindered because you won't forgive. And God said, look, if you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. If you don't forgive them, I can't forgive you. So you, you must forgive them. You say, but I really don't mean it. No, but well, you got you to ask God to, to ask you to mean it. And, and it's just a process. You, today you say, I forgive them. I'm not sure I mean it yet. But tomorrow you say, I forgive them and I bless them. And then the next day after that, you send them some Skittles or something. You know what I mean? Just to let them. That's, that's what, or jelly beans. Becca would send jelly beans. So whenever somebody does wrong to her, this is what my wife, if you ever get some jelly beans, you did my, my wife dirty. She, <laughs> she been sending jelly beans to folks that hurt her her whole life. Man, I'm going to go to the store today, get me a whole thing. They got this one at Costco. You ever see them? They're big, thick, a big old jug of jelly beans. I'm just going to, let's just go buy them, all right? And we're going we're gonna to start offering jelly beans to those who hurt us. I don't minimize your hurt today. But I'm telling you, to harbor hurt doesn't hurt them. It hurts you. It hinders your prayers. It makes your oil contaminated. And contaminated oil cannot produce what heaven requires. So I might as well finish. <laughs> I, I'm supposed to go to the Browns game today. I think I'm going to be late. Lastly, Genesis 27-22. I'm, I'm closing. Worship team can come. So Jacob, Jacob went near to Isaac, his father. He went near to Jacob. He went near to Isaac. You know the story of Jacob. Jacob was looking to acquire through deception that which only comes from genuine re- relationship with God. He was looking to steal what is only acquired through relationship. To manipulate. So he goes to steal the blessing. He puts on his hands. He must have been really furry, you know what I mean? He went out and killed a goat, put some goat goat hair on him. This dude was werewolf. He was like... Werewolf, man, like put it on his hand, and he goes near his father, and he says, "Is that you, Esau?" His father said, "It's the voice of Jacob, but it's the hands of Esau. It's the voice of Jacob, but it's the hands of Esau." You can't fake it. I'm here to tell you today, church, you cannot fake it. It's coming. The enemy 
If you think you can fake it, I'm here to warn you, don't even try. Ananias and Sapphira tried. They tried to fake it. They tried to pretend. They said, you didn't lie to man, you lied to God. They tried to cast demons out in the name of the Jesus that Paul preaches. They tried to fake it. They tried, they tried to carry authority. They was, they was faking it, and they tried to fake it. And when they tried to fake it, the enemy said, you don't, you, that oil don't work. You, you can't use Paul's oil. The oil is not transferable. You're trying to use authority that you ain't gained yet because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. He doesn't know you. So therefore, if you try to fake it, let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to get wore out by the devil. He's going to wear you out. He's going, to, he's going to take from you. He's going to steal. He's going to kill. He's going to murder, maim. He's going to destroy the testimony on your life. If you try to fake it, it's time for pretense in the house of God to stop. It's time for us to stop coming through the doors every Sunday pretending like we're cool. You, you got you to gotta be able to know. You got you to gotta walk through those doors transparently. And you got to say, today I, I am bent towards sin and I need to repent. I need, Troy, Troy, you better get to the altar today. The enemy is testing you. You better stop faking it. You better stop pretending to smile. You better stop pretending to be in relationship with God. And you better go to God, get right with God so that, so that way your oil is not it's not pretend it's real so I want to warn you today to stop the pretending and this fake oil stop trying to manipulate God we spend more time trying to like maneuver man when all we have to do is get Jesus so all we got to do is get Jesus. Pretending's got to stop. Matthew 7, 22. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, I prophesied in your name. I was casting demons out. I did wonders in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. You faked it. You faked it your whole life. You faked it. So today, we need to repent of pretending. Be restored today. Be restored today. Come on, stand your feet with me as we close. Just, I just want you to close your eyes all over the room today. Pray this prayer with me from your heart. If you're here and you're watching online, just pray this prayer with me from your heart. Lord, we need you. Lord, give me a spirit and a heart that is broken by sin rather than proud. Come on, I'll pray it. You just agree right there by yourself. Lord, give me a spirit. You said a broken heart. A contrite, broken. God, give me a spirit and a heart 
that's broken by sin rather than proud. Lord, make me to know. Take not your Holy Spirit from me that convicts me of my sin. I, Lord, I thank you for the conviction of sin. I thank you. It's a gift to me, God, that, that, that you speak to me and you correct me and you nudge me. Thank you for the conviction. Thank you for reminding me that I'm made in your image. Thank you for not condemning me, but saving me. Thank you for the Spirit of God that brings conviction to my heart. Make my oil costly. Oh, come on, just lift your hands and say, God, I, I, make my oil like Mary's oil costly. Make me to know the consequence of my sin. Make me to, to understand that you hung upon a cross for my sin. That you were beaten for me, my sin. So I'll never minimize it. Another day in my life, I'll never rationalize it. I'll never blame my sin on somebody else. I'll take full responsibility for it. But I take it to you today because you paid for it. You paid for it. I want you to know your sin is paid for, church. Your sin is paid for. Your sin is paid for. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, all you got to do is keep bringing it to him. Like, Lord, I just bring you my sin. He said, I, I, listen, we all have sin. All of us have sin. I bring it to you. Thank you, Lord. You saved me from my sin. Lord, I want you to help me. I need your help, Jesus. Help me forgive. Help me to forgive those who have hurt me. Lord, I don't want to harbor resentment anymore. I don't want to hold on to anger. I don't want the offense to live in my heart any longer. I it's hard for me to forget, God, like you can. But can you just allow me, God, just, just put me in the process of forgiveness so I can forgive them. Every hurt word, every... Somebody like has done you so wrong, they've, they've violated you intimately. Lord, I forgive. Lord, make my oil pure. Make it pure. The pure oil of the Lord. So when it's poured, when it's poured out, it brings healing. Allow my oil to be so pure that when it comes into contact with somebody, they feel the purity of your presence. Jesus, I need your presence. I need your presence. I, I refuse to cheapen your presence. I refuse, Jesus, to allow your presence to be polluted by anything from the outside. I will not, I will not adopt the ways of this world. And Jesus, I desire an authentic relationship with you. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know you so intimately, God. That my oil is so genuine. My oil is so pure. I, Lord, you just, you, you know how you've made me. And I want to be comfortable as you've made me, God. I want to know you. So my oil 
is genuine. I bless your people today, Lord. If you're here today and you've never called upon the name of the Lord, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer. The Bible says you're born again. Altar ministers are going to come forward. If you prayed that prayer today or if you need prayer before you leave today, we want to pray for you. I want to thank you for being a part of our service today. I want to say live right, love everybody, and pray hard. Can you give God praise today before we leave? God bless you. God bless you, beloved. We love you. We're praying for you.